Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is 10-10-2022. <laughs> I said 2020 in our test run. <laughs> it's 2022, better known as... Victory Monday. Yes. We beat the Falcons up, man. Yeah. First in the division. <laughs> Showed them who's the boss. First in the division, and we are staying that away for the rest of the year. Mark my words on that. Mark my words. Great, great game yesterday. It was great. It's always fun to beat a division rival. Especially uh, one that you should beat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they gave us more of a difficult time than I would have liked, but it was kind of expected. That just seems what they do. Uh, real quick, before we start off with anything, the, the Texans, this is a fact check follow-up. I was right. The Texans were the only winless team last week at 0-3 with one tie. They have won. They won last week, this That's Sunday, sweet. yes. So they are now 1-3-1. and and So there's that. Uh, there are no winless teams and only one undefeated team, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles at 5-0. and oh, How about that? Remember, the, the Miami Dolphins were... Uh, I'm screaming because I'm, I'm wearing a head, headset. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins were uh, undefeated, uh, but then they just kind of fallen off, man. They, they got beat by the... Uh, who was it that beat them... Dang it, it's going to be another fact was check. It, was it Houston? No, Houston beat the, the Jaguars. Ah, I can't remember. They got they got beat by, oh, the Jets. It was the Jets beat them up. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was a trouncing. I think since the whole Tua thing with oh, that, yeah. I think that's just kind of a yeah. uh, distraction. And, well, then they had to put Teddy Bridgewater in, which he's also made of glass. And predictably, yeah. got hurt this weekend. So they were with a third-string quarterback. Yes, they were, and uh, we'll get into that more in a moment. I want to, I want to touch on that briefly. But we do have some breaking news in our division. <laughs> before, before, well, no, no I'm going to go ahead and say it. Matt Rule, the head coach or should I say previous head coach, former head coach of the Carolina Panthers, has been fired. <laughs> Again, predictably. Uh, and that's what I want to bring up. Let's see if I can do this correctly. We, Molly and I were talking about this uh, last week, and uh, here's what we said. Discussions, would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield? <laughs> Probably Deshaun Watson at this point. <laughs> Uh, he's just out there making dumb decisions, inaccurate passes, but I, th- that that team is just bad. Yeah, they're just bad. It's, they're badly coached. I, I can't see Rule making it another year. Can't do it. No, he'll be gone in November, probably. Think so? Yeah. We'll see. We don't know this owner whether he's one of those that'll get rid of him midseason. I think he is. I think he is too. Mm-hmm. They're not football people. No. Uh, 
Aha, uh -huh. so there we go. Molly didn't get to hear any of that. None of that. <laughs> but she said that they were going to fire a rule by November. And she was Wow, correct. I'm early. Yeah. Yeah. They did it early. They did it early. I was giving him a few more weeks. <laughs> you had more confidence in him <laughs> Tapper did. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Matt Rule has been fired along with uh, the uh, defensive coordinator, Phil Snow. He got chopped today, too. He got the axe. So that leaves Steve Wilkes, who was their previous secondary coach. He is now going to be the interim head coach. Also, along with all that, Baker Mayfield is going to miss a few games because he hurt his little ankle. He had a high ankle sprain, better known as a broken ego. And uh, P.J. Walker is going to start a quarterback for them for a while. Well, that was uh, Matt Rule's guy, right? P.J. Walker? That <laughs> was, wasn't it? I think so. Oh, what a disaster, man. You know, the past couple years, they, they've... <laughs> They've won, what, like five games? I think they've had two years of five yeah, wins. Yeah, um, his record was like 11 and 27. Right. So uh, towards the end of the year, you know, I, I've commented on watching those guys. They just quit. They're just mm -hmm. not playing. Mm -hmm. They're not tackling. They're not really trying. Uh, I imagine it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to see how this team reacts to this uh, because you know the defense was the defense was doing okay, but now their defensive coordinator gets the axe, you know, and the secondary coach is now the head coach. Their quarterback is just a disaster. Their whole quarterback room is a disaster. I, man, I don't know. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they trade Christian Caffrey. No, they're getting calls about him today. Yeah, already. Really? Uh, apparently, the Bills have called them. There's oh. a number of teams Oof. who are calling, calling, calling to Callery. inquire. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't, don't don't let it go to the Bills. Good Lord, they're a powerhouse already. Uh, yeah. uh, he might want to. Yeah, he get would. Get a ring. He would. But it would be smart for them to do it because they're in total rebuilding. And, you know, that's not going to start until next year. Uh, it'd be, it, And I predicted they were going to get the number one pick in the draft. It's going to be between them and the Houston Texans. Uh, and it looks like it's heading that way. But I think they're going to probably tank for the rest of the season. I, uh, Wilkes will probably, <coughs> you know, try to show some good stuff so that he can continue to be coach. Don't know how that's going to go. Uh, it would be a diversity hire, so he's got that going for him. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. But it, the Panthers are just going to be a complete mess, worse than they were. <laughs> I didn't know if that was possible. But couldn't have to do a better team. Very happy about all that. <laughs> uh, Panthers run game coordinator Al Holcomb is going to be the new defensive coordinator. So there we go. Just a mess over there. And we see them not this Sunday, but the following. Oh, man, I wish we had them this Sunday. Uh, they play the Rams this Sunday. Ooh. So the Rams need a bounce back uh, game. Yeah, I mean, the Rams aren't playing great anyway, but. Yeah. No, no, the, no teams are playing great. Uh, it, it, the, the only team I would say that is playing good football would be the Bills. But even they got trapped. And they had a week yeah. where they just. Totally crap the bed. Yeah, so I was trying to think of a phrase that wasn't too uh, profane. Wait, so who who was taking over for the 
Panthers head coach? Uh, Steve Wilkes. Who is he? Oh, he was the secondary coach, okay. and he he had two <laughs> two titles: secondary coach slash pass defensive pass coordinator or something like that. So, I don't know. I would think that's what a secondary coach does is defends against the pass. But okay, yeah. So well, we'll see. Uh, so the the Panthers lost yesterday. They just got beat up by. Uh, the, we just watched this. We just watched it. San Francisco. San Francisco, which we all knew that was going to happen. But, you know, it was close there for a little while, but then the, the 49ers just blew them out of the water. Uh, and, you know, the San Francisco 49ers are a tough team. Their defense is just lighting things up. Listen, they made it to the playoffs last year, and say what you want about Garoppolo, he was the <laughs> one that led them there. And, I mean, his play... Is ugly. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. But, the, but it's, they, it's across the league. Quarterback play is just yeah. crap. Yeah. Just crap across the league. Yeah. And they do have Debo Samuel. So he's like their offense. And Kittle. George Kittle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a shellacking. 37 to 15. Yeah, and I think that 15, most of that was done in garbage time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got the Panthers lost yesterday, the Falcons lost yesterday. However, the Saints did beat the lowly Seahawks, 32-39. <laughs> it was a barn burner, uh, giving the Saints a two and three record along with the Falcons. So you've got us, boom, three and two. You've got the Saints, two and three. The Falcons, two and three, and then the Panthers uh, holding up the rear at one and four. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Our division sucks. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the game against the Falcons, the Week 5 game, I want to cover real quick the Week 4 game against the Chiefs. Uh, last time we had a podcast, I had talked about the penalties and everything, and I had not fully gone through the All-22. I went through it. It was worse than I thought. It was an absolutely atrocious officiating game. Those guys need to be fired. Well, now with the Falcons game, not to get ahead of us, but everyone is on Twitter talking about all the garbage calls in the Falcons game. And I'm like, it was bad last week. Right. The officiating has been bad. Officiating is just horrible. You know, there's there's always three teams on the field. There's your (laughs) opponent, your team, and then the officials. And the officials are just getting worse and worse and worse. And I will say it, I've said it before, but... We're just expecting them to do too much. The mm-hmm. rules have gotten too complicated. They're too uh, mm-hmm. subjective, many of them. And th- we're expecting these guys to be babysitters out there and medical doctors and uh, rule upholders. And it- it's just it's too much. It's to, way too much. Yeah, to your point, I don't want to get too... <laughs> Here we go. I but that Falcons, the roughing the passer penalty that everyone's pissed off about... Jerome Boger cited the rule and the how the rule is worded. Like, I can see why mm-hmm. they threw it. Yes. It, you can't forcibly <laughs> throw the quarterback to yeah. the ground. You know, so. Or violently. And I think it was right. violently. Right. And you're just like, just any adverb like that. Subjective. Is completely subjective. Yeah. It's like uh, obscene. What is obscene? You know it when you see you it. You know it when you see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, with the... <clears throat> With the Chiefs game, it was 
it was plain and obvious. And I haven't watched any other Chiefs All-22, but it was plain and obvious <laughs> that they were trying to win this game at all costs, and they bullied the crap out of us. I mean, they were just doing anything and everything to, uh, to hurt our team. They, they had uh, 39 uncalled penalties, 39. Okay, and that didn't include the punches to the helmets. You know, the punches to the face. I should have included those in because they were, they should have been penalties. I mean, they were, you know, just punching our guys in the face, slapping them in the face, hitting them in the face. Uh, and Goldston got so pissed off at it later, he ended up ripping a guy's head, helmet off, uh, doing the same thing. He hit him in the face and then just was like, well, I'm just going to take it further and ripped his helmet off. <laughs> they were pissed. And I really wish players could talk about the refs and, and, mm-hmm. and coaches. I know. I know that the Buccaneers have put in a complaint to the NFL about the coach, and they had to. But we'll never know, and we'll never know what the, you know, any any fine or whatever that the mm-hmm. officials go through. We'll never know because they keep all that hidden, and I do not like that. Uh, but it wasn't just the the uncalled penalties; they were doing things like well, there was one where Tryon seventy seven, the right tackle for the Chiefs. Picked Tryon up, bear hugged him, and picked him up. Saw that Mahomes had already thrown the ball. The ball had hit the ground, and 77 <clears throat> slams Tryon to the ground. You know, that was a, it should have been an unnecessary roughness penalty for sure. But it was just, they were doing stuff like that this whole, the whole game. This offensive line and the tight ends, they were, they were playing, I don't know, they were playing dirty. But they were, they were really wanting to intimidate our defense. And I'm, I'm going to say it. Our team played great. They played great, man. They, I mean, they were, they were frustrated for sure. But they were – almost all the plays that the Chiefs got was due to holding or some type of penalty or it was just pure luck on their part. You know, some of those passes that Mahomes threw – just could you know? Just they were fifty-fifty balls, and you know, yeah, the chances that that would ever happen again are almost nil. You know, and it was frustrating for our defense, but we played a very good game, very disciplined game. Uh, the one thing I didn't like, well, two things I didn't like was when Mahomes got out of the pocket. I didn't feel like we were rough enough with the receivers, and uh, two, uh, I don't, I don't think our guys trusted each other enough. To when Mahomes did come out of the pocket and acted like he was going to run, too many guys would leave their assignments to come and try to stop him, um, and that's why he would be able to find somebody open down the field, you know. So, but other than that, I'm, I'm very, very proud of the Buccaneers the way they played that game. I would say that this is kind of the the Saints' formula for beating us um, last yeah. year, year before mm-hmm. during the regular season. It was the same thing, mm-hmm. the Rams. Same exact thing. So I think... Except, except for the Rams playoff game. They did not do a lot of uh, holding and stuff. Surprised the crap out of me. I fully expected it because of what they had done. They were more physical and aggressive. And almost to the point where it was like, dirty. Yeah. So I think that's how you get us. I think that's the only way. And especially, that's the only way that you can handle our defense. Yes. And... You know, the officials made it known last year that they're not going to call holding as much. It's got to be blatant and obvious. 
<clears throat> you know, I kind of like that, but in this game there was plenty of blatant and obvious holding going on. I think the Buccaneers, I think we need to step up to that. I'm, I'm, I think a lot of teams are doing that. There, there's a lot more holding going on. Uh, I saw it in the game last night with uh, the, the Ravens and the uh, Bengals. The Bengals, lots of holding. And they're just not calling it. So the Buccaneers got to start holding more. It's just, if you don't do it, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else is doing it, so you're going to have to do it. Yeah. Uh, Devin White in that game, I don't know what happened, but I think that he twisted his ankle up. Uh, I I did do a video, and I kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, he was definitely not the same Devin White after the first quarter. And, you know, he he had plenty of times where he could make the tackle and he would pull up, you know, just avoid contact. I don't know what it is. He wasn't on the injury report. That's, That's my assumption. I hope it wasn't something mental or something, you know, him just being pissy about something. I don't know. But there was definitely something wrong with Devin White. <clears throat> but he was fine for Atlanta. Yes. Like showed up. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. I haven't looked at the all 22, but it appeared like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did say he did look like he was playing a little bit more gingerly than he normally does, but that might just be the new Devin White. <laughs> don't know. All right. So let's get on to week five against Atlanta. Uh, okay, so we did not do a preview podcast. Like I said, I should have taken the cue from Ralph, not said anything. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Ralph did do a preview video mm-hmm. on his own without me. Um, so we did get our score predictions out there, and I'm only saying this because I was close. You were pretty close. <laughs> the I predicted 34 Buccaneers, 17. Falcons, you predicted Buccaneers 23, Falcons 12, mm-hmm. and it ended up being Bucks 21, Falcons 15. I know. So that was pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. You, you, I thought they would just get four field goals <laughs> <laughs> or touchdown field goal safety. Right. Probably not that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're a tenacious team, though, man. You know, that's one of the we things. We do kind of have trouble with them. We get these kind of games, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, they're always in it. It's not like a curb stomping. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel I thought we were going to beat them up a little bit more than we did, but having watched their games, this is kind of how they are. They're just they just don't quit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not. They they think they can come back and win every single game. Oh yeah, who was it? They almost came back and beat. Was the it Rams. the Rams? Yeah. yeah, it was a close, very close, close game. So. And if it wouldn't have been for Marietta throwing some stupid passes, <laughs> they would have won that game. He's getting a little like salt and pepper, which is crazy to me because he's young. <laughs> like I think of him as a young quarterback, but like he's been James, only like seven years. Like, yeah, like eight years. I think at this point because like James. Him for five years and then he's been away for three. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. It is so weird how football time just like flies. Yes. Like I still think of Russell Wilson as a whippersnapper, but he's like a veteran. I see Tom like, Brady as a whippersnapper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old, but <laughs> what do you mean old? It's seasoned. Yeah. Seasoned is the term we okay. use here. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> one thing I want to mention about this game: what the was up with the camera work. 
Oh, it was, it was garbage. It was horrible. There was one play that was going on. Okay. The Mike Evans play that was for 25 yards. Yeah. He almost made a touchdown. Yeah. You couldn't see it on the broadcast. There's another one. They were getting ready to hike the ball. All you can see is Hainsey and Tom Brady's butts. <laughs> I was like, can we not? Do we? What are we doing? It's Chris Collins worth controlling those cameras. <laughs> so, yeah, it was bad this game. I don't know what happened. Yeah, we must have. It looked like a preseason game. Yeah, we, we must have got the bottom tier crew <laughs> on this one. Uh, there were only two offensive holding penalties called in this game, one against the Buccaneers and one against the uh, Falcons. Uh, that's the same thing that happened last week against the Chiefs. It was one holding call against the Buccaneers, one holding call against the Chiefs. So it's going to be interesting to go back to see. Now, I did see some holding, but, you know, pretty much it's your usual standard, you know, uncalled holds. But... Uh, it didn't pop out to me like it did watching the Chiefs game. Uh, normally when I watch games, I always watch the offensive and defensive lines. That's mm-hmm. what I watch. I don't watch the quarterback and the running backs or the wide receivers or all that good stuff. Uh, so that's why I, a lot of times I pick up on the, the holding calls. But the uh, I will say the, the officiating is just out of hand. In this game, it was just ridiculous. It was, it was horrible. So everyone keeps talking about the pass interference on Scotty Miller. Yeah. In the, I think in the second half, but there was one in the first yes. half. It was the same thing. No one talks about that one. They're all talking about the one, and I think because it immediately followed that roughing the passer that everyone mm-hmm. was so mad about. Yeah. But it happened in the first. Yeah, second quarter. Yeah. Twelve, twelve in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. A defender launched himself into Miller, yeah. and then turned around, and the ball hit him in the chest. Mm-hmm. So you, know? you weren't going for it. No, he wasn't you know? going for the ball at all. Yeah, Scotty Miller just got robbed yesterday. Yeah, he had two, two. But uh, I think Brady and Miller—they really need to work on their their deep balls because Brady's been throwing them short this season on Miller. You know, like Miller's beaten guys. Miller's a tiny little guy. But he's having to stop and come back for the ball. Oh. You know, and it's, it's almost like Brady doesn't realize how much speed he's got or something. Mm. Or maybe maybe Brady's having a hard time throwing. Those deep oh, balls well, this year. His shoulder. His shoulder and his finger. Oh no. Uh, out for the Falcons. Corderell Patterson was out, and Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. two of their uh, big playmakers. Although Kyle Pitts hasn't done hardly anything this year, they because the Falcons are more of a run team. Uh, Corderell Patterson, he is actually has less yards per carry than the two guys that filled in for him against us, uh, Huntley and. Algier. Algier. Yes, they both have better yards per carry game average. Uh, so I, I didn't think it was going to affect them that much, having those two guys out. I don't think it really did. Out for the Bucks, Akeem Hicks was out. Uh, he could be potentially be back this week, uh, but they really? said that it's, it's, it's day-to-day. His injury hasn't improved the way they wanted to. Uh, Cameron Brake was out, and in his place, Kata Otten. Got to oh, step it up. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he had his best game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. And Julio Jones was out. Odd that they didn't start Kyle Rudolph. No, they didn't, and there's probably a reason because he had two passes thrown to him and dropped both of them. Oh, <laughs> That'll do it. I think Kate Otten has got the better hands mm-hmm. at this point. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the, the first drive that we had in, in the first quarter was stalled by a drops pass by Rudolph. Uh, and then we had uh, Brady had an overthrow on Gage that was almost picked off. I don't know if Gage ran the wrong route or whatever, but Gage jumped up, got his hand on it, and it tipped in the air and was almost intercepted. Uh, Brady had a couple of passes almost intercepted, I think three. But I, I, I figured the Falcons were going to get at least one. They're, they're a pretty handsy team. Uh, the Falcons came out and they, they they threw more than I was expecting. Uh, they they still ran heavy, but you know they came out throwing, which kind of surprised me. Uh, Tryon had a great day. Yeah, saw him a lot. Yeah, Bucks defense had a great day. Five sacks. Uh, we did not get any interceptions or fumbles. We did cause a fumble, but they didn't either. Right. They, no, they got no sacks. No turnovers. No sacks, no interceptions, no fumbles. But on either side of the ball, there were no turnovers. Right. Yeah. Um, very very strange thing with the Buccaneers that's been happening this year. Uh, at 4.59 on, in the first quarter on the Falcons 14, we had a fourth and one. It was actually fourth and inches. And we handed the ball to Fournette, and he didn't make it. Oh, my God. These these fourth and shorts are driving me crazy. I know. I don't understand. Like, does Tom not want to do them? That's what I'm thinking. Speech? He just doesn't want to do quarterback Or they're speech. like, hey, you're too old. Like, we can't. I don't know, but this is the third or fourth time this year that we've had fourth and short. And you expect Tom Brady to do the quarterback sneak, and he hasn't. He hasn't done a quarterback sneak yet this year. And it takes when you're – you know, dropping back and then handing the ball off to Lenny or whoever. I mean, that's like four or five yards that they've got to clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by then, the defense—they're already up front anyway. Yes. So then, you know, you—they ha- have time to penetrate, and it just hasn't worked out for us. No. And you know, in this play in particular, they were set not to stop the run. Uh, you know, they were kind of expecting the run. The linebackers were up closer, but they weren't on the line. Brady had plenty of room. I mean, the, the, the left side was wide open for him. And I thought for sure he was going to go like, yeah, I'm quarterback sneaking this. No matter what was called, I thought he was going to change it because it was just wide open. Didn't do it. And we ended up not getting that first down. It's, it's very strange, very strange. I don't know what's going on there. Because that's Brady's been doing that his whole career. Mm-hmm. He's very, very good at it. Um. Is that Godwin had a good day? Uh, didn't get any touchdowns, but uh, he was catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a nice pass and catch by Evans and Brady, twenty-five yard fingertip catch. Man, it was laid right in between the two defenders. A beautiful pass <laughs> by Brady. Great catch by Evans. Yeah. Uh, and then that led to a Fournette one-yard score. So we ended up going seven-zero. Uh, in the uh, first quarter. And uh, then we ended up driving down the field again after we stopped them, uh, got a field goal. So we were up by 10 with 118 left in the first quarter. Now on the kickoff after that, number five, Camarda, our kicker. Or, I guess he's called the kicker, right? He doesn't kick the field goals. He does the punts and the kickoff. Mm-hmm. Had to make the damn tackle again. Now, that's three times this year that he has had to make the tackle. And then later in this game, he tried to make another tackle. 
but he was he was down in the mix. I don't know why he was down there. I think <laughs> I think he likes making tackles. I mean, you can't have your mm-hmm. kicker doing that. That like uh, San Francisco, Robbie Gold, mm-hmm. hurt his shoulder, making a tackle. Yes. Like, let's not do that. Guys. Yeah, they, they need to talk to him about yeah. that. Uh, later in the game, like I said, he came, went down. I think it was on a punt, and he. He he actually slowed the runner down. They they got a great punt return, uh, like thirty yard punt return. But he got down there. But there was still Buccaneers. He ran past Buccaneers mm-hmm. to <laughs> don't do that. Go and try to make a cap. But you he, have to. You, you got to as a punter and a kicker. You got to master the art of like looking like you're kind of <laughs> hustling down the field, but you're not. You let everyone else go in front of you. They all do it. Yeah. You got to. You can't. Stop it. Yes. But it's also not good that the runners are getting to the point mm-hmm. where Camarda is able to try and tackle. Yeah. But he has saved three times. He's saved <laughs> long runs. So He's going to get, like, the special teams player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with 45 seconds left in the first quarter, Vita Vail was called for roughing the passer. Now, this was a complete BS call. It looked like... They uh, just kind of walked over and bumped into Mariota, and Mariota fell down, and they threw the flag. I mean, but, it's a 350-pound mass up against, like, a 200-pound. Right. It just... Right, yeah, I mean... And he had that forward motor. He, he can't just stop on a dime. No, he can't. He's a big boy. He's like a train <laughs> steam locomotive. But the thing of it is, is he got pushed. Yeah. The, the, the guy that was blocking him pushed him. And he stumbled forward into Marietta. It did look like he just walked mm-hmm. over and walked into him, but if you watch the replay, you can see the offensive line guy pushing. And that little bit of push, like you said with Vita, he can't just stop. <laughs> he can't just um, And very shortly thereafter that, it might have been the next play, uh, 31 Winfield gets a great strip sack. He comes in and... Mariota was so damn lucky to get that ball because Vita was standing mm-hmm. right there and fell down on the ground to go to get the the, the fumble. But Mariota was able to just reach his arm out real quick and snatch it. Yeah. And if he wouldn't have got his arm back in time, I think I think Vita would have flattened it into a noodle. <laughs> Mariota does have a lot of experience trying to recover his own <laughs> fumble. So I'm not surprised that he has that kind of speed. He does. And it surprised me that uh, him in the center, you know, they – they're kind of new working together, and Mariota plays from the shotgun quite a bit. And almost every game, actually I would say every game, they have had problems with the snap. Yeah. Uh, too low, too high over Mariota's head. Uh, they didn't have any of that this this game, which I know, which surprised me. <laughs> uh, there, were, there were some snaps that Mariota kind of had trouble with, but nothing that left his hand. Uh, so then they get, they're still in the Buccaneers territory with 20 seconds left. Koo, Young Way Koo, comes mm-hmm. out, 52 yard field goal, missed it. Mm-hmm. Missed it. So the Bucks get the ball on their 42. And what do we do? We kind of march down the field. Uh, Brady ended up almost throwing another interception, but he got hit as he was throwing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the announcers talked about how Brady has had a couple almost intercepted and that his, his accuracy wasn't that good today, but they didn't notice that he got hit while he was being while he was throwing. So that one I, I'm not laying on Brady at all. 
Uh, but we did end up marching down the field and suck up, scored a field goal. So they made a 13 zip going into halftime. They screwed up. I mean, the 20 seconds left. I know. They had the ball, and then we ended up getting it, scoring a field goal. We flipped that around real yeah, quick. Yeah, and that miss was like a bad it miss. Was a bad <laughs> it was so... wasn't even close. Uh, so, third quarter, uh, the Falcons got the ball. Because everybody has been winning corn tosses against us, <laughs> deferring, so they, they've been getting it after halftime. Uh, the Falcons, they get the ball, they, they're, they're moving down the field, and they get to uh, 13.04 in the third quarter. They get a fourth in inches, and guess what they do? Quarterback sneak. Quarterback sneak, and they get it. Dang it. I know. They got that whippersnapper quarterback. Yeah. The youngin. The youngin. He can he can handle that piling <laughs> on. So uh, then this was uh, we ended up stopping them. Uh, and then we get the ball back, and then that's when the it was at six forty eight was when the camera guy screwed up. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. He was just the camera was just going I all know. over the place, and we're hearing the announcers going, "Oh my gosh!" This yeah, is this is an awesome play. You should see it. Yeah. <laughs> We were right like, now. what happened? <laughs> but it was a big play, 40-yard play, pass and catch, Tom Brady, Mike Evans. And it should have been a touchdown. He went over top of that pylon. Did you look up the rule? No. Oh. I, I meant to. to. Right. Because when I was growing up, the, pi- the, the, the end zone line stretched around the world. Tom uh, uh, Madden used to say, John Madden used to say that all the time. You know, the... Uh, the end zone stretches around the world. It, it didn't matter if you went across the pylon. You just had to go across the line, whether you were out of bounds or whatever. As long as you didn't touch out of bounds, if you right. went out he of bounds. He didn't touch out of bounds. He was hovering above yeah. the out of bounds. Yeah. I thought it should have been a touchdown. Yeah, if nothing else, it went over the pylon. And it might not have gone inside, but it went over, which mm-hmm. that counts. It was just – officiating was just horrible. So we challenged that, though, right? And then they said it stands. Yeah, you couldn't see it definitively. Which, again, how do you not have cameras set up to see that? I know. Don't they normally have one right down the, yeah. the line? But, yeah. Yeah, why don't they have cameras on all of those posts? You know, they got them on the goal lines. And I think there's a pylon cam. Yeah, the pylon but cam. But it doesn't point up. It's just over, I think. Right? Yeah. Or does it? No, it just points. Know. just points over. I mean, they've got cameras everywhere in that stadium. How would you not have a camera there to catch and see if it's, I don't know, I don't know. Just, we're leaving way too much stuff into the hands of the refs, I think. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, the cameraman screwed up. We eventually ended up getting to see the play in replay, but it's not the same. I watch the games live because I want to see it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, just like in the first half, very next play, Fournette scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Fournette had the game ball on offense. I mean, there was a lot of guys that did great. Kate Otten did great. Mike Evans did great. Tom Brady, of course, always doing great. But Fournette, he was he was like the whole offense. Mm-hmm. We'll get back into that in a minute. Uh, so we decide, for some strange reason, I don't know why, to go for a two-point conversion here. And uh, we got it. Russell Gage caught a pass. Brady zipped one right into his gullet. And they made a 21 zip. 21 zip. I, you know, I expected them to put some points on the board. 
But I really did want a Chanel. I did too. Yeah, at this point, I was like, let's go for it. Man. Let's go for that Chanel. <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, we got a punt, or we kicked a punt with two minutes left in the third quarter. That's when the Falcons got that big return. Uh, we, he punted it to the Falcons 29. So, you know, it was a good punt. But he returned it 28 yards back to the Buccaneers, 43. Yeah. Uh, that was when Camarda tried to make the tackle. He ended up missing, but he slowed the runner down enough for the others to tackle him. So uh, the Falcons got the ball in the Buccaneers, 43. Uh, Huntley got a big run up the middle there for 22 yards, putting them on the Tampa Bay 21. And uh, then they ended up uh, scoring the first points of the game at 13-39 in the fourth quarter. So it was 21-zip. Up until the fourth quarter. Why even bother at that point? Yeah. Garbage time. Yeah, they got an eight-yard uh, touchdown run by Williams, made it seven to twenty-one. Then the Buccaneers come out. We get three and out. Just boom, boom, boom. Tried to pass it a little too much. Didn't take enough time off the clock. <laughs> the Falcons got the ball back with eleven oh nine in the third, and uh, uh, Vita Vey ends up sacking Mariota. Fifth sack of the day by the Buccaneers. We were pressuring him all day, chasing him all over the field. It was good. Good to see. Um, so then we got the ball back, and we go three and out. Again. So then they get the ball back with four minutes, 43 seconds left, throw a 19-yard touchdown to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, yeah. I think yeah. that was it. Who, who knows? Uh, and then they go for a two-point conversion attempt, and that's good. Now, why would they do that? I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's 7-21. Yeah. They score, kick the extra points, 14-21. They're trying to win. They're trying to beat us. Well, I guess. But if you lose, if you don't make that two-point conversion, then you just got to make another one later. Yeah. just didn't make any sense to me. So it was 15-21 at that point. At 4-43 in the fourth quarter. So now they're within striking range. Uh, we get the ball back. Tom Brady's throwing it all over the place. We're moving down the field. Then, boom, he throws it deep to Miller. Now, that should I, – I don't know how – what what were the refs thinking there? That guy w- literally climbed on top of Miller. Didn't even turn around and look for the ball. Mm-mm. He just slammed right into it. Bam. They kept doing that to him. Yeah, that's happened quite a bit this year with Scotty. And it, it, but it wouldn't happen if, if Brady would throw it deeper. You know, let Scotty run after them. Yeah. But, like, Scotty is not like a diving, like a jump and dive. Yeah. You know, it's got to be kind of in the breadbasket. Yeah. So, so the very next play after that, uh, 97, Grady Jarrett was called for rough in the passer on a third and five. Now, everybody can be upset about that. Rightfully so. I thought it was a crappy call. Really was. I was pissed. You know, like, that's. It's just not football, man. What are we doing with this sport? Mm-hmm. This is a, this is. I grew up. This is a manly sport. Yeah. You know, and, and now we're we're turning it into flag football. It, it's going in that direction. It's things have just gotten silly. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that wouldn't have been an issue if it would have been a DPI called on Scotty Miller. It wouldn't have been third and five. It would have been first down. We would have been in field goal range. It would have been a totally different story. But. You know, the Falcons got that call, or they got that non-call. So I'm like, you know, maybe the refs were like, look, we've been screwing the Buccaneers over with these non-calls mm-hmm. on DPI. We need to give them one. Yeah. But 
That was a, that was a horrible rough of the pass call. That was uh, Brady got hit harder than that during the game, and it wasn't called. I know. Uh, one time he got hit right in the knee, low. That should have been called, but they didn't call it. Yeah, the officiating was just terrible, and he actually had journalists, sports writers, on Twitter. Like, taking out clips today of, like, here's where this wasn't called, here's where this was They were oh, doing I, a Ralph analysis. Yeah, I'll start sending them clips and they're going to finally man up and you know, start pointing this stuff yeah. out. Yeah, something's got to be done about the officiating. Uh, anyhow, uh, the Bucks were able to run it a little bit with Fournette, get first downs, and then we just kneeled, ran out the clock. So that's how the game went. Ended up being... 21-15, Buccaneers. It was a good game. I liked it. Uh, Kade Otten, he played 94% of the offensive snaps. I, I don't think Gronkowski, no, Gronkowski never played that much. Yeah. Uh, he was most of any player on the offense besides Doveline and Brady. Uh, he ended up getting seven targets. He caught six of them for 43 yards. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Not as good as Fournette, though. Fournette was our leading receiver. Oh he had 10 receptions on 11 targets for 83 yards and a touchdown. I had no idea. Yeah. But he was also our leading rusher. I know. So we averaged as a team three yards a carry. Yeah, that's horrible. I know. But Fournette averaged four. Yeah. So everyone else, including Tom Brady, bringing that average down. <laughs> Tom. Uh, yeah, we ended up, the Falcons ended up with 4.9 yards per carry, which is lower than their average, which is 5.1. They still so, had 150 yards. Yeah. 51 yards. Yeah. But they they ran it 31 times. Uh, we only ran it 23 times mm-hmm. for 69 yards. Look, and they passed it 25. We passed it 52. 52. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, a little, little unbalanced there. Not mm-hmm. not liking that. I was hoping we'd be more of a run team this year, but... It, it started out that way. Yeah. And then that Kansas City game, we just totally mm-hmm. <laughs> abandoned We're it. We're like, forget it. Time of possession was almost dead even. <clears throat> the Falcons actually had more time of possession at 30 minutes, 34 seconds. Buccaneers had it 29 minutes, 26 seconds. But here's the strange thing. The Buccaneers had 14 more offensive plays than the Falcons did. Huh. But that's because they ran it more than we did. Yeah. Uh, we had 75 offensive plays. They had 61. That's a lot. That's a lot of plays. That is a lot. Yeah. Normally it's right around 60. Uh, let me see. Rashad White, he ended up getting 31 snaps. It's almost 40% of the offensive plays. Yeah, he had some good plays. Yeah, yeah. I, I like seeing him out there. Uh, Vita had 61% of the snaps on defense. That's about his average. Uh, it seems like they're really splitting it up between those guys. Nacho had 56%, Golston 52%, and Logan Hall was up there at 58%. So he had the second most behind Vita. So the, we're, we're really rotating those four guys at about even. Uh, everybody's getting even playing time. Uh, Bucks had five sacks, zero interceptions, zero fumble recoveries. Atlanta Falcons had nothing on defense. <laughs> nothing. No sacks. Nothing. No interceptions. No fumble recoveries. Uh, the 
Uh, Fournette had four yards per carry on 14 attempts. White ended up with 2.8 yards per carry on five attempts. He got he got stopped in the backfield a couple times, but then he had some good runs, so uh, made it look like it was worse than it was. Uh, Mariota ended up with 8.7 yards per carry on seven attempts. He was their leading rusher with 61 <laughs> yards. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Bucks are third in the league with 19 sacks. Ooh. Yeah, Cowboys had 20, and the 49ers have 21, so we're right there behind them. So that is not the goal that we were trying to go for. They're trying to go for more turnovers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's okay. We'll take the sacks. But I'll, I'll say this, and I hate to say this about an opposing team, but I like their head coach, Arthur Smith. I like what he's doing with the team. Uh, you know, they're in rebuild mode, but he's mm-hmm. got those guys playing good, disciplined football besides Mariota. <laughs> Although he's not playing as bad because they're not leaning on him. Yeah. Uh, they're actually leaning on him more as a rusher, you know, than a passer. That's and he's predictable. Not, yeah, he's not doing bad passing. They're not They're not putting the game in his hands. Yeah. I mean, when they did with the Rams, it kind of screwed over. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I, I like I, I like him as a head coach. You know, he came from Tennessee. He was the offensive coordinator. We talked about that. Would the mm-hmm. Would the Falcons be a run first team? And they are. Uh, but he has his guys playing with uh, tenacity, and I like his uh, run first mentality. Uh, we've said that on the podcast. So whatever whatever coaches are going to pick up on the teams are not designed to stop the run anymore are going to have success, mm-hmm. and we're seeing it with Tennessee. Uh, we're seeing it with Atlanta. They're, they're building a very good run team. You know, their offensive line gets a lot of push. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're seeing it with the, the Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, the 49ers. You know, they're just not depending on their quarterbacks to pass the ball mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, the, the, the NFL might shift towards a, you know, kind of run. First. I think there's always a pendulum with mm-hmm. this kind of stuff because you – you know, the NFL, it's strategy. So you've got to figure out. Like, if yeah. everyone's passing. Yep. 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 And plus, you get, um, you know, there might be, it might be easier to find a really good running back because no one's looking for them. Yes. You know? and, yeah. And you're getting all these dynamic quarterbacks that are runners. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you're like uh, Jalen Hurst, uh, Josh Allen. Uh, Mariota, Winston, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, all Lamar these guys. Jackson. Yes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, look at Baltimore. I mean, they're just like a run, run, run. Their, yeah. their quarterback runs more than he passes. And Hurst is doing the same thing up in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. They're just running the ball constantly. And, you know, with all these quarterbacks growing up and coming into the league being running quarterbacks, these dynamic, you know, RPOs and all that good stuff, the, the league might start fashioning itself. And plus, the wide receiver pay is going through the roof. Yeah. I mean, your, your teams aren't going to be able to pay Mm-mm. wide receivers and no. quarterbacks. No, there's going to be a bubble at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, it's not sustainable. I'm a, I, I like a good running game. You know, I'm a good – I like Mike Allstott's. I like the, the Marshawn Lynch's, the guys that just, you know, just beat people up with the run game. And I'd, I'd like to see it get more back into that. So I, hopefully you're right. Hopefully the pendulum's swinging back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Fournette's running style he, that he's developed this year where he's just lowering his shoulder into people. 
That's fun. Yeah, I think he's doing it like just to mess with everybody. Yeah, he's being very physical this yeah. year. Very physical. But like he's such a troll on Twitter too with other players. Yeah. Which is good to see. So I think it's intentional. I do too. I do too. Uh I had talked about the fan running on the field last week mm-hmm. during the game. I can't remember what game it was. It was the 49ers. I know that, right? Yeah. Or Broncos. It was the Broncos. I can't remember. Anyhow. No, who's Bobby Wagner with? The Broncos. So, yeah, so Bobby Wagner stepped out and laid out the guy, and I I commented on it. And I got some I got some pushback on that, which I expected it. And I understand everybody's point of view. I didn't know that the guy was an activist. He was out there. Uh, he was an animal rights activist that was uh, protesting some oh, those legal case. Those people are crazy. Oh, I hate those people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that might would have kept me from saying the things Defending I said. Him. But I, I still believe that you know players shouldn't be doing that. You know, leave it up to the security. So we had an incident during the Buccaneers game. Person got on the field. Security went out there and tackled him, kind of clotheslined him, took him to the ground. Ended up being a ten-year-old boy. No, no, he wasn't. Ta- it was a well, child. He's a minor. He's Not older a than ten. Older than ten. Very little person. Yeah, you can tell from the video. Like yeah. that was a well, that was a child. Well, after the game, his mom and the family posted a video, so I got to see the kid. It's very strange. The whole situation is strange because the mom was bragging about it. They're, oh my god! They're, yeah, they're huge Buccaneer fans. I mean, they were just decked out at Buccaneer stuff, and this was apparently something that was on that kid's bucket list. That's what she was saying. This was on his bucket oh list. Oh, my God. No. Right. Okay, it's, but, like, as a parent, like, don't let your kid, like, I don't know. How do you lose track of your kid in a game like that? They didn't lose I track. I have some parenting they, questions about this. They let him do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. But here's, here's another thing. I don't know if it's a him. Okay. I think it might be one of the the. the Transgender gender thing okay. where they're saying him, but it's a her, okay. could, or whatever. But they had ponytails and it looked very female. Okay. So, you know, so I, there I think, you go. Right, a girl got not just a girl, but a child. Right. So if that's the know. case, this is going to blow up huge. <laughs> you know, because that's. I don't think it is. I think people. I don't know, man. A lot of people, there's a lot of fighting going on in social media over it now because some people are like, oh, it was a child. You shouldn't hit him that hard. And other people are like, oh, he was on the field. You get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. People are mad at the parents. Yeah, uh, I'd be more mad at the parents. Uh, I, you know, I don't support the tackling of the child, but they are hard to catch. <laughs> like, I can't, like, I can't chase after our kid. I cannot. I can't, as the... I just... Well, you definitely I, can't now. I can't now. Well, even not pregnant. I don't yeah. think I can catch a small child. <laughs> yeah. They're faster than me. Yeah, but uh, looking at that video, I would say that was a girl. Had had, had ponytails. It was very too far features. away. No, no. The video that they posted afterward, they had... The, 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 the boy was standing there, and the mom was just bragging on him, and he was wearing, his name is Vega, V-E-G-A, and he was wearing a big gold chain that said Vega. Little small person, though, whatever it were. Uh, well, and then the mom had come out and said, okay, this is what's, 
I don't know. Nothing's adding up with this story. We're going to have to follow this closely. Uh, there was a... Somebody had come out and said, oh, it was a 10-year-old child. And then... The mother did. The mother had said that. And then... The police came out. Yeah. And then, yeah, the police or security or whoever said, no, that child was not 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And then she said, oh, I got confused which child of mine it was. Right. Which I'm right there. Another red flag. Okay. This was not the child accidentally ran onto the field or climbed over. The parents knew it. They were supportive of it because she posted the video after it happened and she was bragging on it and saying this was this has been on his bucket list forever and <laughs> you know they were they were very proud of it and and again it goes back to what I was saying it's fun it's fun and games you know this stuff's supposed to be entertaining I don't know not with their kid though I draw the line there the kid wanted to do it. I mean, Kids want to do a lot of things. I know, you should it, not let them do. It's it's just fun and games. It's entertainment. Is it though? That child got tackled by a girl. Well, that's what I'm adult. saying. We shouldn't be doing that part. Okay, but like, how do you catch them? <laughs> <laughs> and why are we talking about the failure of the security from letting this stuff happen in the first place? How are these people getting on the field? It would not be that difficult to just climb over the... Have you seen how high these stands are? Yeah, but if you got somebody like... Ah, so you, it's a, if there's a group of people... Yeah, yeah. you got Parrots yeah. who are participating. Yeah, it's funny though because when you watch the one where uh, the, the player tackles the guy, you just hear the whole crowd just erupt in applause. You know, they're like, yeah! Mm-hmm. In this one, they did it and then they realized that that was a kid. And so everybody went, yeah, oh, no. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> but I don't think the security guy, it didn't look like he was trying to hurt him. It looked to me like he went to grab him. Like he couldn't catch a small right. child and right. I had to, there was no other option. Yeah, it looked to me like the security guard started falling down and just reached <laughs> out and grabbed the kid and the kid went down with him. So, you know, it's this is one of those things where it's, it's just turned into a moral panic between everybody. Everybody's arguing about it and all this good stuff. And I'm like, it's fun and games. This is supposed to be entertaining. It's, you know, it used to happen all the time when I was growing up, and it was fun. The announcers would joke about it and laugh about it. People would streak across the field. There, people would be like, Yeah, well, now they don't even do it naked. I know. I mean, they call it a streaker. But the reason it's called a streaker is it's because, because you did it you're naked. in the nude. Right. Uh, so now it's not even accurate right. to call it a streaker. They yeah. would definitely turn the cameras away then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyhow, we'll see what comes of that, and we'll, we'll follow that story. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's fun. <laughs> You're okay. going to have to send me videos. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you that video of okay. the mom. <laughs> An uncle or father or whoever it was. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, they were just completely decked out in Buccaneers gear. He's decked out. The kid was decked out in Buccaneers gear. Uh, and they are just they were just, like, gushing about, you know. He finally oh did it. Oh, my gosh. You know. So. We don't encourage this. Yeah. Ralph. What? I'm going to take my kid to the stadium and get him to do it. I'm going to make you do it. All right. So, yeah, uh, Molly touched on this earlier. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was taken out of the Miami Dolphins game after a tackle, and it, this was due. The, the NFL put out a policy, along with the NFL Players Association, that now anytime a player shows, quote, gross motor instability, 
Remember that term because you're going to hear that all the time now. That describes every Jameis Winston play ever. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be so cruel. Uh, so anytime a player shows gross motor instability, or the official term for that is ataxia, one of those two is going to be the new catchphrase. I'm going to go with gross motor instability, and they're going to acronym it to GMI mm-hmm. because that's what activists love to do. You mm-hmm. look at you know CTE, BLM, LGBT, mm-hmm. it's all of it down the okay. line. They just love the acronyms. Um, but it'll be easier for all the dumb announcers to remember. GMI. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he showed GMI. Mm-hmm. So uh, anytime that a player shows gross motor instability, he's taken out of the game, not allowed to return. This is, this is now immediate, gone into effect this week, and we see it with the Teddy Bridgewater. The problem is he did not show any gross motor instability. There was nothing wrong with him. I watched that play over and over and over and over, and I'm like, what in the world did they see there? To make Does them it pull. include, like, on the sideline, too? Like, if they're testing them? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but he was fine. I mean, he just, he got up, he did thumbs up twice. You know, he walked back to the huddle, he's standing around, and their refs were, he ended up getting a intentional grounding penalty. But, uh, so, you know, they're, they're just kind of standing around. There was nothing wrong with him. You know, I mean, he got up slowly, but that happens, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a disaster, a complete, utter disaster. They're going to be pulling players left and right now for anything and everything. And it's going to, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be so easy to fix games now. You know, people are going to just be able to go, oh, we want that quarterback taken out of the game. Well, we'll just say he stumbled when he was walking back to the huddle. If you trip, mm-hmm. if your shoe comes off and you stumble, they're going to be able to take you out of the game now. And it's it's going to get ridiculous. I mean, we've seen it with the penalties, how ridiculous it's gotten, especially with quarterbacks. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times we've seen, you know, a quarterback will get his helmet grazed with a finger yeah. and they'll call it a penalty. Mm-hmm. But then the very next play, uh, uh, Jameis Winston would get smacked in the head with a hand, right. and they won't call it a penalty. It's, it's just all over the place. But uh, with the Tom Brady penalty in this game with the Falcons, that was a crappy call by the refs, you know, and it swung the whole game. Mm-hmm. But it, it wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened if they would have had to call previously on Scotty Miller correct. You know, I just, I don't know, what are we going to do? We've been, we've been bitching about this for years. Mm-hmm. But the officiating has just gotten out of hand. And now they're going to pull players immediately and not allow them re- to return to the game if they show any sign of motor instability. Well, did you see with the TUA investigation, they found that everyone was, did they did exactly. They, they did exactly what they, they were supposed to do. So they fired that guy, the yeah. independent consultant, and then later were like, "Oh, oops." Yeah. Everything. Everyone did what they were supposed to do. Right. And they they came up with a conclusion that there was nothing wrong with him. Yeah. He didn't have a concussion. Yeah. You know, and I've watched boxing and MMA for decades. You know, I I watched UFC one when it first came out. 
and I watched UFC 2, UFC 3, UFC. We're up to UFC 200 and something now. And I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> you know, I've watched boxing my whole entire life. And you can, you, you know, I can tell when somebody gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, he's knocked out. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out cold. Uh, you know, sometimes they'll still be standing. I'm like, he's mm-hmm. done. Uh, these guys are still able to continue their career. I mean, boxing is one of those things where these the object of the sport is to knock you out. You know, but we don't have the same kerfuffle that we do over the NFL. Now, boxers get paid a hell of a lot more. You know, when you get up into the upper atmosphere, I mean, you're getting paid. You know, fifty, a hundred million dollars per for one match. Yeah, but the NFL is an industry. Exactly. Exactly. That's why this is happening because the, industry, the NFL's got money. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants that money. Mm-hmm. The CTE stuff happened because lawyers wanted the money. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look through all of it. It was lawyers. They filed the suit. It, the NFL decided to settle with them instead of going all through all this mess, and then. They all came up with these procedures, and uh, it's all about money. Mm-hmm. So, and their solution is always bureaucracy. Yes. So now we've got a so whole new layer a of whole new layer of rules mm-hmm. and people on the sidelines. Who their job is to spot players now mm-hmm. that are going to be stumbling or whatever. Uh, it's going to be a mess. This. We're we're too worried about safety, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what women do. Women worry about safety. Guys like to go out and throw knives at each other. <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. The stuff I did as a kid, yeah. and it, I say as a kid, but into my thirties, you're just like what? But but that's how that's how stuff gets done, you know. It's, it's guys they sharpen mm-hmm. each other by, you know, that's true. yeah, sharpen steel sharpens steel, you know. Yeah. I won't even go to the zoo because there are animals that can eat you. Right. I mean, they're in a cage, but, like, I've seen enough videos. Yeah. And and I think uh, Jason Whitlock had a good article on that about how, you know, with the NFL trying to uh, appeal to the women audience, you know, they're they're trying to make it more safe, Mm -hmm. you know, to appeal to women. And it's just like, eh, that's not what... I don't know. That's not the sport. I mean, sport is directed towards men. I mean, football. It's an out, well, I mean, all sports. That's kind of the point. Yeah. I mean, men are more competitive by nature. Um, sports are an outlet for innate and inherent, uh, you know, drive for a competition. But mm-hmm. also, when you get a bunch of dudes who don't have anything else to do, they're a menace. Oh my god! And so it's a yeah. great. Outlet yes. sports are an outlet for that kind of um, inhibition. Yeah, and and you get you get guys together. No matter what they're doing, they're going to make a competition out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, see who can spit the furthest. See who can lift the <laughs> most weights. Uh, uh, when I worked in an office environment, we had a little basketball hoop set up over the trash cans. So every time you threw a piece of paper away, which we had a lot of paper because we we call people, and every time we made a call, we had to throw the, the paper away. So we, you know, it was a constant competition, seeing who could. That surprised me because you were terrible at that. I am you not. You had a lot of practice. You know. <laughs> he misses every time. No, I don't. Yes, you do. 
See, so, he's ready anyway. to wrap it up now. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> don't don't mess with my ego, my competition ego. Not in front of people. Uh, so anyhow, that's that. Uh, Tom and Giselle, we have touched mm-hmm. on. They hired a divorce attorney, so it looks like that's going to be irreparable. Apparently, she has threatened to divorce him many a times over the years because of football. And apparently this is because of football. Uh, she's brought up in some of her t- discussions that she's worried about him having CTE. Now, see, here's another thing. It's it's just, look, it's ruining these people's relationship. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is that Antonio Brown is a huge douchebag. Oh, my God. This was so awful. Okay, like, divorce is terrible. Divorce I'm is still, yeah. It's just awful. It's awful. Like, why, you know, I feel for them on both sides. I feel for their family. Mm-hmm. It just sucks. It's, you know, you never want to be in that position. Right. And Antonio Brown's putting out stuff to make Tom Brady feel like crap. Mm-hmm. You know, he's intentionally, th- intentionally he's targeting. Yeah. Uh, he put out that picture with him and Giselle hugging after the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, when he, when he found out that they were having marital troubles. And then what was it he did? So it was like a meme. It's a, um, it looks like a children's books, book cover. And then the title was something about like, why daddy's not home anymore. And then the, um, there's a, the father that looked like Tom Brady. And then the mother, I didn't think looked like Giselle, but I think was supposed to represent her. Mm-hmm. And then you could see in the window of the house, uh, Antonio Brown put himself there or, paid somebody to create this trash. It was just very mean-spirited. Like, right. I love a good troll. Love it. Yeah, but that's... Love it. But, I mean, that's over the line, and especially someone that tried time and again yeah. to get you opportunities, mm-hmm. tried to help you, um, invited you into his house Yeah. with his family, Yeah. with his wife. Uh, it was just... I. What an awful... He's a horrible person. What? Yeah, yeah I just... Uh, there was video of him in, was it Abu Dhabi? Uh-huh. Uh, in a pool with some strange stranger to him, female. He was sticking his naked butt in her face and then pulled his, his, his dick out and was showing it to her. And she, like, uh, apparently from the reports, she freaked out. At the time, you know, she was kind of like, he was being playful. And then she tried to get away from him, and that's when he pulled his junk out and uh, she went to the, the management complained and all that good stuff and he was asked to leave uh, but it's Abu Dhabi Middle East you know they're not going to be as if, if it would happen in a western country he probably would have been arrested but Middle East they they give the men more leeway for shit like that <laughs> I think that's a pretty common occurrence they were probably like well Woman, you were in a bikini. What'd you expect? You didn't have a male chaperone with right, you. Right, That's what you Western women get. <laughs> it's funny, which is what people are saying about the people getting tackled on the football field. Well, that's what they get. You know? <laughs> it's just weird. Culture is weird. Uh, yeah, so screw Antonio Brown. He's dead to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver Cole Beasley, he retired. Uh, I'm sure nobody... Noticed him on the football field. That was very strange. <laughs> he just came, played. I wonder how much he got paid for that one game. And what did he get? 
two, three passes? Probably veteran minimum because he was on practice squad elevation. Like mm. he was on the practice squad, got elevated that week, so I can't imagine he got paid that much. Yeah. I don't think it was the money. I think it was just out there. He had lived a retired life like all summer and then mm. got called back and who knows? I mean he's like I wanted to be with my family or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a large part of it, but I think the bigger part of it was is he knew he wasn't going to make the roster, you know, and we just got way too many wide receivers. Yeah. We just needed him for that one game. He knew mm -hmm. that. You know, they probably talked about it beforehand. They were like, dude, just come out, play, catch a few passes, and then retire. He was like, okay. Okay. They might have bought him a house for it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need the money at this point. That's I mean, he's, he's way past his peak. Yes. A lot of speculation with people going, oh, you know, he came in and he saw that how the team's being operated and the whole Tom Brady drama. Yeah. He was like, peace, I'm out. But no, I think it was just, he, there's no way he was going to make the roster. You know, he was going to be put back on the practice squad. Yeah. And he ain't going to do that. Sure. You know? yeah. If they if we would have even kept him, we probably would have cut him. Right. I mean, good Lord, we got a whole crap load of total receivers. So, anyhow. Uh, week six is coming up. We get to play the beat-up, banged-up, crappy Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> That's going to be so much fun. Uh, it seems like they've got some issues going on over there. They have our play and picket, their, their first-round draft pick quarterback, and he's not doing too well, but he's doing better than Trubisky. They got stomped. Was it Buffalo that stomped him? They got stopped this week in a bad way. I think they scored three points to 39 or something oh, like that. Wow. It was bad. Pittsburgh Buffalo, yeah. Yes, 38-3. Yes, and it was it was a beatdown. We've been on the wrong side of those games. Too many times, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Tom Coughlin does as the head coach. Uh, they will, I don't think. Tom Coughlin. Or not Coughlin, uh, Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. There we go. I couldn't think of it either. Yeah. I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right, but I couldn't remember Except what the right thing was. CTE. <laughs> uh, so, Too many tackling small children. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Pittsburgh has ever fired a head coach. They will let him coach there until he decides to leave. Uh, I think they've only had, what, three, four head coaches there? I mean, they keep coaches forever, mm -hmm. which is great. But... I don't. I don't know how long things are going to be able to go on over there. Uh, it looks like they're they're having a tough time, and I, hopefully we can go over there and put the nail in the coffin. Uh, this is at Pittsburgh, so it'd be nice to go into. What, what is, is it? Heinz Field still or Three River Stadium? What is it? I think Heinz Field. Yeah. So we're going to get to go over there, beat up on them, and uh, go forward two. Yeah. Yeah, we're not losing this division title. It's mm -hmm. ours now. They ain't gonna. No, nobody's getting. So you know, you win the division, it's automatic playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're basically in the playoffs. Oh right? my gosh, it's October. We're in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we knew we were gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Unless some some disasters happens, knock on wood. So anyhow. I think uh, the Pittsburgh game is not going to be much of an issue. I'm going to watch some Pittsburgh, and uh, hopefully we'll get some information to you <laughs> about that game. 
But you got anything else? No. Alrighty, a lot to cover there. And uh, I'm excited about the guys, man. It looks like our team's getting getting more solid on offense. We're getting some wide receivers back. I really want to see Julio Jones out there playing. I think he's going to be an asset to the team once he gets out there. But uh, Todd Bowles did say that they're taking it real slow with him. They don't want to rush him back. And, you know, because they don't need to. Yeah. We don't need to. We got and to. I agree with that approach. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a lot. It's October. Yeah, save him for uh, the playoffs. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Like, get him healthy, mm-hmm. peak performance. Yep. That's when we're going to need him. Yes. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.